Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Hey, I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 um, through 28. If you can look for it in your Bible. It says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him saying, have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. That is important. And I want you to understand this. This woman is from Canaan, so she's not a Jew. And she says, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon possessed, severely demon possessed. But he answered her, not a word. And his disciples came and urged them saying, send her away. For she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed that very hour. Hey, over the next few minutes, I want to speak to you from this idea, um, from this thought, the tone of faith, the tone of faith. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And we pray, Lord, that these words um, that escape my lips will find themselves in follow ground in hearts and minds. Let us process, let us internalize this and let us walk out of here with a, a tone, Lord God, of faith. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on, one more time. Would you put your hands together for Jesus in this place? The tone of faith. Hey, as a church, um, as you can tell with a lot of the different things that we're doing, we are committed Um, to this community. I've said it and I said it on that video which we're famous for. Um, I've said, (laughs) that's the last one I promise. Probably not, probably not, but whatever. I said this, uh, we, we don't pastor a church, we pastor a city. We don't minister just to a church. We minister to our city because I want your minds to be bigger than just the four walls. We're never gonna be, we never had four walls. We never had four walls. We had a school, an elementary school, Bebop. (laughs) We had a middle school, that we almost had panic attacks and everybody wanted to die because it was we were setting up and tearing down. We went online for a little while and then we had the little, you know, the little weird L-shaped uh, uh, pandemic provision ram in the thicket. And then we now have a building. But don't get it twisted. We are not inside of the church for walls. I loved it when we were a portable church because we were always outside in the community. We're still committed to our community and we will continue to be committed to our community. We do this thing, uh, which is a concession stand. Uh, which uh, Etowah High School and then also with North Cobb. We started with North Cobb High School and we started years ago with this thing and some of the OGs remember that. There's nothing like a concession stand to test your faith. (laughs) Nothing like somebody giving you $7 when their thing is $10 and you're like, and they're like, I only got seven. There's nothing like it. Um, And it changes because when you go to Etowah, it's totally different. But when... (laughs) But I remember we would, we would have these days, and I mean, it was, it was some of the most fun times. I caught myself this week. One of my biggest pet peeves, biggest pet peeves, and this happens not as much, but it does happen. I hate when I go somewhere and I drive, go through a drive-thru, and the people behind the, the, the little microphone are like, what else? What else? That's it? 
<laughs> yes, ma'am. Thank you. I appreciate you. I try to be over the top because I hate it. I found myself talking to somebody and I was like, what else? That's it. And then I said, oh my gosh, I am becoming that person. My tone was so ugly that I was like, hey man, I want to apologize to you. I shouldn't have told you what else. I'm so sorry. Is there anything else that I can get you, sir? The person was sitting there like, I'm having a moment. And they're like, bro, I just want a pizza. Just give me a cold pizza. That's all I want. I just want a pizza. And I had this moment because tone changes everything. I, I hate when people take that tone because I'm like, yo, I didn't do anything to you. I didn't make your life choices. You did that. But, but Tone, my, my kids, especially Ramses, Ramses, he's, you know, 15 now, and he, he has a way of like, hey, Ramses, I told you to clean the room. Uh-huh. And he does this thing with his head where he goes, yeah. <laughs> Boy, I'll be this close. Locked up. They won't let me out. I'll be this close. Because Tone is everything. When you look at this story, I mean, it's just... It's, it's all filled with tone. There's nuances. Nobody knows more about tone than men, especially men who are married. Because we try. I promise. I know it comes off sometimes wrong, but I, I'm going to help you guys, fellas. Ladies, look at me. I guarantee you, every single man in this room, because I do it. We're afraid of our wife. But I do this because I'm like, how do I, babe? Hey, babe. How, no, that's not. Okay. Hey, babe. I, oh, no, I don't want to do that. Okay, and we practice before we talk to you because we're scared of you. And we're trying to talk to you. And we're like, please don't. And I know sometimes it comes off and you're like, oh my God, you always talk. No, stop. You don't understand how many times we practice. And in the middle of the practice, we finish and we're like, that's not the way I practiced it. Y'all be doing the same thing too, though. Y'all just don't be repenting for it. <laughs> you do, you do. I love you. I love you. I love you. You try, you try, you try. But I want you, I want you to know that we're trying. Babe, I'm trying. We're trying. We try because tone is everything. This woman, she is a Canaanite woman. Um, this woman is not a part of the Jews. Now, I want to I explain something to you. Um, there was a guy, his name was Abraham, and God gave him a promise. And he said, I'm going to multiply you as the stars in the sky, as the sand in the seashore. I'm going to give you a great nation. After three of his kids, after two of his grandchildren, they found themselves in bondage and in slavery. And so the promise looked real dim. And God came through with a guy called Moses, and he saved them from Egypt. When he saved them from Egypt, they walked through dry land, but then they got on the other side of the Red Sea, and God gave them a rule, a way of being that nation that he called them to be, because they were easily, they had a propitiation, they had a, 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 a propensity to be able to stray real fast. So what God did was he said, I'm going to give you some rules, and these rules were very strict. These rules were all, you have to wash your hands before you eat. You still probably should do that. That's a really great rule. But here's the thought. If you did not wash your hands and you ate, you weren't allowed to go to church. If a woman had her monthly cycle, she was not allowed to go to church. There was purification and there was animals that needed to be sacrificed. And there was 630 plus rules that were created so that people can have a relationship with God. This is what is called the law. Somebody say the law. Now, when they made these rules and when God instituted this, it's called the Mosaic Law. They had to follow every single one of these steps. There was a way that you address people. And now because men took the law and then they added extra laws to it, which were traditional in nature, abuse started to come into the picture. 
Now they're trying to sell you. When you brought your sheep to get sacrificed or your, uh, or your dove or your lamb, they would look at it, examine it, and it says, that one's not good enough. We have one that you can purchase over here. So now yours would be gone, and then you had to pay more money. And so there was abuse and different things that happened in the temple. But then you find this Canaanite woman, this Canaanite woman who wasn't a part of that religious upbringing. She was polytheistic in nature. Polytheism is when you have several different gods. And this woman was exactly that. They, they, they were the type of people that worshiped the God of a chair, the God of the air, the God of lights. This Canaanite woman worshiped every single type of God. But then there was also a monolatristic society. Monolatristic society where the individuals, I'm not using big words to sound intelligent. I'm trying to show you something and paint a picture. These people were the ones that said, we worship every other God, but there's a God at the top of every one of them. That God that's on top of every one of them, he's the real God. And then there's all the God of the chairs. There's a God of this. There's a God of that. And they had these, these weird religion. This is where she came from. And I want you to understand that because to a certain extent, that's where we live right now. What is a God? A God is something that you give devotion to, that you adore, that you worship. A, a God is the one that you allow to influence you. A God shows you and directs you. You make life decisions based on a God and what he says and what he's taught you. And for some of us, that word God, though it's a little G, and we're not polytheistic, and we don't serve different gods, I'd be very careful with what we say. Because manolatristic is the way that we live. Because we believe in God. And for some of us, we come to church and we love the Lord. But money makes you do some weird things. And you'll start serving that thing. And you'll start chasing that thing. What you saying, Chino, we got to live and just live in the woods. No, I'm not telling you that. What I am telling you that you have sustenance. And you have necessities. And you have a life and children that you're supposed to be spending time with. And making sure that they have food on the plate. But above that, be careful. Be careful that the 40, 50 hours that you work, you don't add more to it because you want just a little bit more. And that little bit more causes for you not to know that your 16-year-old, your 14-year-old, as this woman, was severely demon-possessed. Hey, Chino, you're telling me my, your kids are demon-possessed? Sometimes I think mine's are. <laughs> I'm not just talking about you, bro. Yeah. But you got to be careful because you're spending so much time worshiping a God Sometimes that guy got a pig skin on it. And man, a pig skin. It's called football. And what that looks like is that you go to the store and you buy chips and you, and you make sure you get your soda right. You know what I mean? Whatever type of soda you're into. And so you get, you get your soda right, right? And you got your chips and you got your bowl and don't talk to me. Don't freaking look at me. I mean, you tell the kids y'all got to go to grandma's house. And you sit there and you will sit in front of the TV. Hey, babe. You know the garbage. You know the tone, right? Because ladies, y'all do that too. Babe. Hey, boo. Don't talk to me while I'm playing, watching football. I mean, it's, it's something that you... Yo, could you imagine if you put that much intentionality into your relationship with God? Tone, I'm sorry. It's tone. I got to change my tone with you. What I want you to see is that sometimes we can fall into the space, but God is one. He deserves all my worship, my adoration. After God is my wife. My wife deserves my, my love, my affection, my security. My family comes after that. Then after that, you guys come. My church comes. What happens is that when you start to put those things out of order, 
or even when you put them on the same level playing field, even if God is at the top, you know how to speak in tongues, you akuna matata, nemo, that thing, you know how to do all that, but you find yourself chasing after something and you're spending way more time and intentionality chasing after that thing than you do with God. Are you praying? Ah, oh, not as much as I need to. Hey, but you're seeing them bulldogs though, right, boy? Well, oh, miss, boy. I'm hurt right now with these freaking hurricanes and FSU, but that's another story. Don't clap, because I will kick you out of here in a split second. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I love you. I love you. This woman, she comes to him and she, her tone, right? Polytheistic, monolatristic. She, she believes in all gods. And then she has, there's one God, but then he, he's with all these other gods and they're all partners. She has this weird convoluted religion and she comes to Jesus with the tone. Oh, Lord, <laughs> son of David, my daughter is severely possessed. And the Bible says that when Jesus hears that, he's like. And, and I'm saying, and initially you would look at that and you're like, yo, why would Jesus ignore her? Like, I mean, so, such disrespect. A point like this woman just told you her daughter is like demon possessed. Her daughter's like, I am legion. And Jesus is like. <laughs> The Bible says he ignores her. And I want you to understand because her tone was one of, I deserve something. I'm a part of what you're a part of, Jesus. And we do that sometimes. But we know, you know you got that uncle. Every one of us, we got that uncle. Some of y'all, it's a cousin. And some of you, it's a friend. That you know, they be drunk at the cookout. They ain't saved. But they be drunk at the cookout or the family gathering. You know you're about to see them in Thanksgiving. That person is in your head. Hopefully you're not that person. That person is in your head. You know them because as soon as you go, they know you're a Christian. You go to church. Ah, I know the Bible, boy. <laughs> I know more about the Bible than you, but before you was a twinkling in your daddy eye. I know the Bible read it back to front. They drunk as a skunk. Ain't never been to church. I mean, everything come out their mouth. And beep, 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 beep. You know that person. I mean, they just, yeah, I know about Moses when he went in the Red Sea. I know about the whale. See, you thought it was Jonah, but it was Moses. See, the Bible was written by the man. You know what I mean? You know that person. <laughs> they always got an answer for everything and they know it all, but in reality, they don't. The Bible says that, that this woman comes to Jesus and she comes as if she understood and she comes to try to identify herself with something. And what Jesus did is that Jesus was not rejecting her. He was teaching her a lesson. And what he was trying to show her something, the Bible says that he completely ignores her. And then all of a sudden, the disciples go and they start to say, Jesus this woman keeps crying after us. She keeps talking. Just send her away. Just let her go out. And Jesus does something. He says, no, I did not come but for the lost tribe of Israel. I, I did not come but for the Jews. He, here's what he was doing. He wasn't marginalizing her. What he was doing was that he was creating a classroom at that very moment. So here's what happens. I want you to let her go. Please understand this. I want you to write this down. God's denial, I mean God's delay, is not his denial. God's delay is not his denial. There are times in life that you're like, God, I keep asking and I keep asking and it feels like it's delay. His delay is not a denial. He's trying to show you something. But here's what happens. This woman, she hears this. You didn't come but for the lost sheep of Israel and the disciples are trying to kick me out. But then something happens in her where she continues to be persistent and then she changes her tone. She changed her tone from earning this thing. This is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. This is who I am. I'm a son of David. And Jesus ignores her. 
It's not a denial. They, do, you know, do you know that there's two different times that you're operating in and you don't even know every single day? There's chronos time. Chronos time is this thing. It's 1018. It's 1018. This is chronos time. We, we know it. Monday or Sunday. Tomorrow's going to be Monday. We, we know this is the linear time, right? Where we watch every single day. I mean, we move forward. For some of us, that day goes faster than for others. But I mean, we're constantly. And then there's something completely different. There's Cairo's time. Cairo's time is appointed seasons and times that are on God's time. It's outside of eternity, outside of what the scope is of 24-hour days. And so we think and we ask God in our chronos time, Lord, help me, help me, help me. And we think that he's denying us. When in reality, he's not. He's just delaying what you seem to be chronos time because he wants it to happen in Cairo's time. So some of y'all been praying for something and saying, God, it's supposed to happen today. Says who? Because here's the deal. I, I'd rather take God's blessing on his time than my blessing on my time. Because I truly trust that God has a, he has a frame of thinking that is a lot bigger than ours. And what he tries to do is, he doesn't try, he lines stuff up. We know what that looks like. If I would have got it at this point, it would have wrecked my life. But I'm grateful that I got it a little bit later and I found out that my resource isn't my source. I know who my source is, but what I got now doesn't keep me alive. It doesn't save me. It's just something that I'm going to use to get to the next level because God operates in Cairo's time. And that's not a delay. I mean, that's not a denial. It's just a little bit of a delay. Jesus turns to this woman or this woman turns back when she hears that. And she changes her tone and she says, oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Help me. This, this is not, I don't deserve this. This is not, I've earned this. This is God, I'm, I tried it. Some of y'all walked into this room and for some of us, we know who Jesus is. and We know how to name it and claim it, bab it and grab it. For some of us, we walked into this place, man, and we don't have that much of a relationship with God. We hanging on by a thread. For some of us in this room, we don't have a relationship with God. God is not looking for you to have it all figured out. He's not looking for you to have it every single T crossed and I dotted. He's looking for you. Psalm 51, verse 17. Come up on the screen so you can write it down in your notes. It says, the sacrifices of God are a broken and contrite heart. These, oh God, you will not despise. The, the, the tone changed. The tone went from, oh son of David, help me. Those help me prayers are answerable. Those help me prayers are of a broken spirit and a contrite heart. God listens to that. He doesn't run away from that. He doesn't look at it and say, oh, now you figured it out, stupid, took you long enough. No, no, no. He's drawn to those. But there's a shift in your tone. There's a shift, a shift in your posture. And all of a sudden, this allows for you to be able to receive what, what you need. The Bible says that Jesus turns to this woman after this. She says, oh, Lord, help me. And then she, he has a conversation with her. At first, he ignored her because she came at him. The way that she came at him was exactly how he was going to treat her. You come at me through the law. I am the son of David. Son of David was a title that was given to the Messiah. If a person used that, they would be immediately killed. As in fact, Jesus was killed because he said this actual word. He was standing before Pilate, before all of the Sanhedrin, and they asked him, and he says, are you the son of man? Are you the Messiah? He says, yes, I am. He was killed because of that, because of a title that he used. There was a lot of meaning to that. And this woman, if you bring a little bit of it, 
You gotta hold, you gotta grab the hold. The Bible says if you obey a little bit, if you try or you break a little bit of the law, you're guilty of the entire law. Because if you keep a little bit of it, you have to keep all of the law. And so here it is that this woman has brought son of David. Jesus ignored her. You are not what your tone is saying. She switches it. And she comes to him and she says, Lord, I just need help. And then Jesus says something that sounds super bad, but there was a lesson in this thing. Here's what he says. He says, turns to this woman, is talking to her, demon possessed daughter, and he says to her, it's not right for me to take the bread from the little children and give it to the dogs. You can't earn this thing because you're not a Jew. Then he presents something. And he says, can't give what's for the children, blessings, healing, deliverance. It's for the children. Can't give it to little dogs. And you would think that he's calling her a dog. In fact, I would, I would look at the scripture and when I hear this, it sounded as, as if it was a rejection. Yo, he just called this woman a dog. I want you to understand, we still do this today. As a Christian, we call people unbelievers, sinners, heathens. We still use the same terminology. At this time when he said dogs, it was somebody who wasn't a part of their religion. But then he, he draws this out to this lady. And this lady in what is the ultimate clapback of all clapbacks. I can't give to you what's the children's for the little dogs. And then he just steps back. Because this woman had a thought and she could have had a choice. I've tried to identify to you, Jesus, as one of your children, as a Jew. I'm not. You've proven that. But now you're calling me a dog. I'm going to identify as a dog. But she switches it. She gives them the, I mean, the greatest response. She says, yes, master. But even the little dogs can eat the crumbs that fall off of the children's table. Your kids waste enough that even what they waste, that can change my life. What she did in that moment was that she didn't identify with just being a child of God, a Jew. She didn't identify. She said, I am the little dogs. But what she was doing was that she took herself out of the equation and she said to him, here's what it is, Jesus. What you can do is so big that the people that deserve it, they can't even handle it because you're that big. That even the little drops that fall off is enough to change my entire world. What she did in that moment was that she changed to a tone of faith. I mean, think about this for a minute. This woman who has been, yo, Jesus ignored her. And then he said, I didn't come for you. And then he called her a little dog. But yet this woman pushed through it and said, yeah, but if an indictment to everybody who was in the building and an indictment to the church of 2023, that God blesses us so much that even what falls, what we waste is enough to change somebody's life. What you waste when we go and we turn on the water in the United States of America. We brush our teeth and then we go out to the living room and then we come back. That right there that you wasted can change somebody's life in a different context. And sometimes it's hard for us to, in the season of gratitude, to have gratitude. What I want to do is I want to bring some context to you. I want to adjust the lens for a moment to show you how blessed you are. That even what falls off of your table can change somebody's life. This woman changed her tone completely. I, I remember when I, was a, when I was a kid, there were... These, these, uh, right now you could put any radio, any radio, and you can listen to whatever song. There's Spotify, there's Apple. Some of y'all are still on Pandora. Shout out to y'all. You know what I mean? Rhapsody. 
we, we have all these different type of, of like, you could put a song and you could YouTube, you could put whatever song. There was a time, <laughs> the other day, I was looking for, oh, and I can't find it. Oh, man, I left it in the kitchen. I, I was looking, I had, I had Nuno go grab me a CD player. And I'm going to get it for the next service because I was supposed to have it up here. Anybody could play a CD at your house right now? Okay, Ryan. All right. I feel old, bro. I remember when CDs were like official. Like, you know what I mean? Some of y'all put y'all little gel in your hair with the CD. That was a mirror for you. I mean, you played that thing until it was like, and that, and that, and that, and that. You know what I mean? They don't suffer with what we had to suffer with. They just hit play, and if they don't like it, they switch to the next song. Let me go on YouTube and listen to it. I mean, it was just totally different. You even take it a step further. I had a conversation with somebody. I was like, do you know what a cassette is? Yeah, I seen them. There was a time. And there, there still is a time now. There still is a time now. How many of y'all get in your car and listen to FM radio? FM, AM radio. Regularly, like regularly. You don't. Some of y'all do. Some of y'all do. Some of y'all do. Somebody listen to the sports channel on AM. Now, you hit a button and it takes you there. There was a time. You see that little knob on the right side of that picture? Those are, those are adjustable. But then there was this other little knob. Do me a favor. Bring that other picture that I have. Bring that other picture. There was a time where you had to sit there and it was a scientific experiment. You had to literally, you, you literally had to go, you had to move that junk. Darling, apologize. How do we lose? Girl is driving me. One more time. I mean, you just, if you shake a little bit, you have to put that thing right there. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. And then you had, some of y'all had aluminum foil. You had weird antennas. You know what I mean? And you had everything to be able to listen to that radio. And if you got that mug at the right time and you were able to hit the red button with the play button and bam, and record that jump, you caught a little bit of the DJ at the beginning, but it was fine. Bam. There was a, there was a tone of faith that she tuned into. She tuned into a moment with Jesus that Jesus says, I have never seen such great a faith. What your children waste is enough to change my life. That's how powerful you are. I believe you, Jesus. I, at that moment, she locked into the signal. And the moment that she locked into the signal, Jesus says, the woman who he ignored, the woman who he said, I didn't come for you, the woman who he said, I can't give you what belongs to the children. He turns to her and he says, daughter, how great is your faith. I have not found this faith in all of Israel. All the people that deserve this, I've never found this type of faith in them. They're supposed to get it. They're supposed to understand it. But they don't even got the faith that you have. This woman's life was absolutely transformed when she locked in and she tuned to faith. Hebrews chapter 6, chapter 11, verse 6, it says, it is in possible to please God without faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
for he come for he who comes to God must believe that's called faith that he is and that he is a rewarder to those that diligently seek him those that sit there on the radio and they put the team you used to put the radio next to for some of us we used to put the radio next to the window and it didn't work there we knew a spot and you walked into somebody's room and you're like yo why is your radio hanging off the side shut up that's how I catch the radio station especially when we were trying to catch then we got into bootleg radio stations that's when it got really really good but you had this, you had to put it in a certain, I mean, you had to put it in a certain angle. Some of y'all were too saved and I get it. And I'm not missing y'all. I know you listened to Adventures in Odyssey and I know you had to, you had it in the corner. I get it. But you had to, you had to, you had to put that thing in such a way that that's what we, we're diligently seeking. There's a, there's a faith that, hey God, I need this right now. And I'm going to, I'm going to try to figure this thing. I'm going to get it. I'm going to stand over here. This is what, I'm going to stand here. Oh, oh, Jesus, I'm going to stand here. Oh, you know what, Jesus? I'm gonna, this is how I'm going to stand. And I'm going to stand through this, but you're going to save this marriage. I'm going to stand through this, but you're going to save my child. You're going to save these, Lord. I can't pay for it, but you're going to give me these finances. And we begin to tune into faith. We, get, we start to get it there. And then all of a sudden, boom, you hear it as clear as day. Every now and then something flies by to run the radio and the signals. Just give it a second. You'll, you'll get it back. These are the things that please God, it's faith. Without faith, without that belief, that connection to him, it's impossible to please him. What is faith? Hebrews chapter 11, verse, verse one, it says, now faith is the substance. It's the substance, I can feel it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, it's gonna come up on the screens. It's the substance of things hoped for. I can feel it. I, I, I can feel it. It's the evidence of things not seen. I don't see it, but I know it's there. I may not see God, but I know he's there. I know he's operating in my situation. I know that he's operating in her heart. I know he's operating in his heart. I know that he's making a way where there seems to be no way. I have a substance. I can feel this thing. I have an evidence. I don't care what it looks like. I know God is going to do it. This is what it looks like in our life. This changes the game. Because this unlocks miracles in your life, whether you're in or out the household of faith. Faith is the only thing that saves you. It's not how much money you give in the Thanksgiving offering. It's not good. That's going to bless somebody else's tummy. That's not going to save you. How much you do at a church or how much philanthropy or how much you set up a little pantry and you put it on TV and you feed the community, that doesn't save you. It's faith that saves you. It's when you you lock in. How do you lock this in week after week, year after year, decade after decade? We're going to teach you this one thing every single Sunday. How do you lock this in? Romans chapter 10 verse 9. This is how you do it. If you confess with your mouth prayer and you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ, that, that, and you believe in your heart, faith, not believe in your mind, here, this thing gets tricked a lot. But when that thing drops from here to here, that's called faith. That God raised them from the dead. You will be saved. Not that you might be saved. Not that we'll figure out to see if you can get saved. You're locked in. For I love you. I died for you. I want to rescue you. I want to save you. I haven't forgotten you. I have you in the palm of my hand. 
You have enough. You are enough. I promise you that I'm going to do the work that you asked me. Let my time be your time. I promise you that the delay is not a denial. In this moment, I am doing the work. Though you can't see me doing the work, I am doing it. My hand is ever so powerful. I mean, it's the moment that you lock into faith. Boom. There's things that knock it off every now and then and we're listening to the wrong voice. Just get back into this thing. Let's lock it back in. Let's diligently seek him. Let's get back into this thing because this is the only way that we're going to receive not only the rewards, but the only way that we're going to please him. Let's lock this thing back in. For some of us in this place, we have to start this thing. And this thing, finding out where that channel is, is hard for you to find it. But I'm giving you the game plan. I want to show you. Bring it back up. Bring that verse, Romans 10, 9. I want to show you because nowadays, all you have to do is hit a button and you can listen to whatever radio station you want. You... You can, you can get it there by just, you don't have to turn it anymore. You can, some of us, we do this in the car. You just hit scan and just hear different radio stations until you, oh, I like that song. And then you stop it. I mean, this is super easy. I, I'm, I'm trying to take a secular thing. I'm trying to take a worldly thing to try to bring it to you because you can hit the button. Romans 10, 9. Confess, believe, and you lock into faith. Would you do me a favor? Would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a second? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving.